The champ is here. We will definitely not shut up and dribble. The champ is here. I must be the greatest. The champ is here. I'm gonna continue to stand with the people. The champ is here. I will, I will not, not lose. Yes, yes, yes. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You could have been anywhere in the world, but you are here with we. My name is EJ, and I got my man. Hey, mate. Yes, he's the DB of the show, giving you that press coverage. All right, man, we are Black in Sports. Give it a voice to the culture where we will not shut up and dribble. All right? We're here to interview the best professionals in the game and in the boardroom, covering it all, laughing at it all, while providing the platform to be heard. All right, so you know what we do about this time. We'd like to welcome our guests here today. So, you know, I'm going to call him Mr. Get Buckets. All right? And we'll get into that in a, in a minute. <laughs> but he's a father, Muslim, husband, coach, professional basketball player, and an owner of a financial advisory firm. We happy to have Richard Roby in the house. Clap it up, clap it up, clap it up. Happy to be here. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Oh, absolutely. Pleasure to be here with y'all today. Okay. Yes, sir, well, let's get into it, man. So how we like to start things is we need you to give us a shoot your shot moment, all right? Where mm -hmm. it was do or die, now or never, I'm going to go after it, I'm going to go get it. It okay. could have been any time in life, but a shoot your shot moment. Go. What do you mean? I'm confused. Oh, shoot your shot. Shoot your shot, man. Where you go for it all? Where it's just like, hey, you know, I'm gonna get things done, or I'm gonna try this without fail. Just like I went for. It. Where there's like, yo, I'm gonna go get this girl's number, uh, or hey, um, I'm gonna go after this job. Just okay. a shoot your shot moment. Um, let me think. So I think when I went to prep school, you know, what I mean, when I uh, left high school. I had to travel 3,000 miles away to go to uh, prep in Massachusetts. That was a, that was a big move. You know okay. what I mean? Yes, so, sir. Uh, my mom kind of pushed us to do it. You know, when we got the videotape back then, we, like, looked at the school. Like, man, look at all the trees, the grass. <laughs> I'm from California. I've never seen anything like that before. Right, right. I thought I was going to college. So, that was, that was part of uh, a big move, young, that I had to make that really changed the direction of my life. Nice. Right on. We're um, Lawrence Academy, right? Correct. Nepsack? Yep, Nepsack. You know something about that? This man, so I grew up in a military family, so I've been around a lot of little places. So, okay, okay. Yeah, I, I'm familiar with it. I lived in Massachusetts for a little bit. <laughs> what part? Uh, you know where uh, Milton Mass is? Yep, yep. exactly. Yep. Exactly. So uh -huh. I was there, and my little brother coached that, uh, coached that, uh, uh, I can't think of the prep school right now, but, um, yeah, we went to a couple tournaments out there and everything like that. So I, I know that, that world, that's a, that's a steep, steep <laughs> oh, yeah. world. A Who, who's some of the guys that you play with? Play with? Yeah, some of the guys that you play with. Um, I played with, you know, at high school, we played with Antoine Wright, you know, okay, he, yep. uh, he was drafted by New Jersey. Yep. We, we all went to the same junior high school, same high school. Okay. We got a chance to complete, uh, compete against each other in college. He's one of the dudes, my best friend, Sylvester Say was at prep school with me. He went to uh, Fresno State, yep. uh, okay. graduated with there. He was there with Paul George. Um, another guy, Alvin Reed, he's from San Bernardino as well. He went to Colgate University. He had a, he had a good career. Okay. I think he could have went further if he had more opportunity. Gotcha. So we had a we had a solid team. We had a solid team. Who's so. somebody that you played in the knapsack? And then oh man, Francisco Garcia. Ooh. We played against uh How old was Francisco Garcia then? Because he's, he's probably thirty. <laughs> he was probably thirty. I feel like he was thirty two the whole time. Yeah, the whole yeah. time, right? His Full children beard. and his wife came to the game. <laughs> We're like their whole team was like that. When we played, there was like all grown men. Yeah. The point guard was throwing it through his legs and warm up. Uh -huh. They had a seven three dude that didn't even play. That's how good they were. They yeah. had like at least 15 D1 players on the team. So it was like a playing against a college team. It was crazy. Yeah. So where did the foundation, where did the start of yeah. basketball sports start from? The where love. Where did you get that love at? You know, my pops played ball. 
he uh went to New Mexico. He was he actually played against Magic Johnson in the state championship in Michigan. Wow. Um, he always tells us about that. He said he gave him some work so that he, he, Magic know who he is. But yeah, that's that's where it started. Man. That's where it started. Plus my older brother, uh, me and uh, Paul, my older brother Paul grew up together. We grew up competing against each other. So that's kind of where the competitiveness came, and you know, and that's where the love first started. Was it always basketball? Was there another sport or anything like that? Nope, always basketball. That was it. You know, I mean, I did. I dabbled in other things just for fun, but never, never anything competitive. Only basketball. I got you. Gotcha. Okay. I did. I, we won the intramural championship at prep school. You know, oh, okay. intramural. You know, it was uh, <laughs> started out the gateway. Started, huh? Right. You know what I'm saying? We got the trophies, but you know, oh, at prep you got to play three sports. Okay. You can't like do anything. You have to have some type of extracurricular activity, so you have to do different things. So that's one of the things I. My sister played tennis, so I, it was it was fun to me, but it was it was nothing real big. So, so tennis was the other one at you? I like tennis. Okay. You know, but volleyball, I played volleyball in junior high school. If they had volleyball in high school, I would have played that for sure, but they didn't have it at uh in high school. So you can me. so you can jump in a little bit, are you you I used to. Yeah, yeah I used to. I'm, a, I'm for sure a below the rim player now. <laughs> Fully below the rim, huh? <laughs> Man, strong layups. That's it. <laughs> That's dope. So tell me you know, in your shoot your shot moment, because this is definitely one of the questions I have for you. How did you guys determine to go to L.A.? Um, well, we just seen in San Bernardino, you know, a lot of guys had a lot of talent, but they were, weren't really making it out. Okay. You know, they were ended up going like maybe Juco route. And we had a, a AU coach named Kool-Aid. <laughs> Bro. <laughs> Most people know who Kool-Aid is. Okay. Man. He's infamous in that area. But, you know, he Kool-Aid. he had the connections to all the prep schools back east. So, everybody on his team was almost going to prep. So. Oh, I thought you said he had all the snacks. And then you're talking Kool-Aid. Right, right. He probably <laughs> did, too. Yeah. Right, he had those, too. But, you know, Kool-Aid, he's the one that really um, opened a lot of doors for us. He's the one that got us into prep, got us into the AAU circuit. And oh, wow. got okay. us a chance to go to all the big-time camps. So he had major connect New York dude. So you know he had all the uh, connections. He was worldwide with it. So okay. Yeah, shout what out to Kool Aid. He not got nothing on Weasel, huh? Yeah, that's, <laughs> a, that's <laughs> what that was my man. Weasel, Weasel, Sam, they, they probably cousins. Right. They yep. probably. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Weasel, I know Weasel. <laughs> <laughs> so so uh, Kool Aid. So was Kool Aid the one telling you about L A. about the Lawrence Academy? Absolutely, absolutely. Okay. He's the one that you know um, presented it to us. He thought it was going to be a great opportunity. You know, which turned out to be true. Um, we just recently had our 15-year reunion, with, like, um, last summer. We went out there. You know, that's where I met my wife. Oh, word. Yeah. At, at uh, Lawrence Academy? At Lawrence Academy. Okay. That's so, dope. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So it's definitely happened for a reason. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> okay. But okay. so, I mean, that's just different to me, right? Because I'm looking at that. Like, I was looking at because, you know, you're, um, you're from San Bernardino. Right. And then, like, I'm looking at, you know, the stats, you know, doing the homework. Right, and I'm right. like the hell is he doing in Boston? In Massachusetts, yeah. like, high yeah. school in Massachusetts, like, did I miss something, you know what yeah. I'm saying? You know, my reading game or, yeah. or right, whatever. Right, right. But um, how did that decision come? Was it a coach and push it? Your parents pushed it? You put, like... I think it was a collective effort, you okay. know, because we've seen, because Tuan was already there. Tuan ah. was there for two years. Him and Alvin were already there. We all, we all went to junior high school together, so they kind of recruited us in. I remember they called us on a payphone. <laughs> they were like, yeah, Rich, man, it's... It's awesome, man. You got to come down here. It's, man, it's love. They're going to take care of us. Uh-huh. So we kind of pushed. He hyped us up. They sent us the video, you know, of the school, the campus and everything. So, But it was a huge adjustment, man. It was a super adjustment. It was like, like you had to live in the house? Or what, what dorms. Was it? Dorms. Oh, y'all yeah, were in so Before I went there, the furthest east I've been was Vegas. Oh, okay. So wow. I thought they took us back in time. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm looking at these houses. I'm like, what y'all got me doing here? Like, is this colonial period? Yeah, yeah. I thought they're gonna have us on a plantation or something. I'm like, I'm not. I didn't come for this. 
You know, we was just we got off the freeway. We just drove for like fifteen minutes. There's just nothing but trees and yep. woods, and then like oh, a whole shit. bunch of cows. I'm like, man, I don't know what's going on here. Right. But no, it was a it was a it was an adjustment. It made me strengthen myself. You know, be more mature. You know, so it prepared me for college and overseas at I the bet. same time. Well, I'm glad you didn't see Get Out. That movie wasn't out when you went out there because you'd have thought your boys was right. <laughs> yeah, brainwashing. Yeah, going out. What y'all got us into? Man. <laughs> right. <laughs> Not to mention, we were unprepared for that type of level of schooling. Oh, you know? Yeah. So oh, yeah. When in, in high school in California, San Bernardino, we used to get extra credit for typing our papers. <laughs> so there was a, it was a whole other aspect when we got there. So they had to like retrain us on that. So it, 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 was, it was a good look, though. It was Dang, a good weather look. and everything, man. Too. Oh, my goodness. Oh, first, yeah. Ever seen snow that before? First, that, warm, yeah. that first winter, boy. Man, it snowed like two feet in March my first year. So it was, it was nuts. It was definitely different. So CU, University of Colorado. Right. How did that come back? What was the recruiting process like? Okay. Why did you see you? Um, after my senior year, I mean, going into my senior year at ABCD camp, I had a great camp. You know, I was top 10 in scoring. I was an all-star. That's probably one of the best camps ever. They had, like, yeah. Dwight, they had like at least nine people to get drafted from that camp. Yeah. Dwight okay. Howard, Josh Smith, J.R. Smith, Sebastian, Sean Livingston. It was a, it was a packed camp. So I had a, I had a great showing. And then we had a tournament in uh new york right after that and um coach ricardo Patton was there mm -hmm. he seen me play and he offered me a scholarship he was one of the first uh, uh big colleges to offer me a scholarship right off the bat nice you know but i definitely wanted to and that's the one that kool-aid had a great relationship with so he kind of you know oh, nudged okay. me in that direction right. like, i got you right you know how the aau thing go <laughs> the scheme <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 you know what i mean so there were some things going on but uh ricardo Patton, he was a uh, he was a smooth dude man yeah. he really knew how to get in with the parents okay Especially the single parents. Okay. You know, okay. so he was so, like Rico Suave with it. You give know me the mean? recruiting strip. <laughs> give, give me how that went down. Did he come to the crib or did he do it all through the phone? Uh, nah, he didn't, definitely didn't come to San Bernardino. Plus, <laughs> I, I was at prep, so he, okay. he didn't come to prep. But we just, you know, kept in contact. And, you know, I, I was either going to – I had five visits set up. I was going to go to Colorado, Iowa State, mm -hmm. Kansas State, Washington, okay. and Richmond. Don't ask me why I was taking no Virginia Tech. Virginia okay. Tech. Uh -huh. Richmond, I told him I was going to go on a trip, but he, I just told him just to leave me alone. <laughs> right. Yeah, there's no way I was going to Richmond. Like, the like, dude was just on it. I'm like, okay, man, damn, all right, leave me alone. Yeah, don't, don't call me. I'm going to call right. you. Right. So I ended up only taking two visits. So after I uh, went to Colorado, it was my first visit. Um, had a great time. Um, Antoine McGee was there. He's actually uh, from the same area, same AAU. So he was there. I was comfortable with him. Then I took my second trip to Iowa State. Okay. Which was a fun trip. You know, it was cold. It was different in Iowa. But what intrigued me about Iowa was they only had five scholarships. So I knew I was going to play 40 minutes no matter. He told me, like, Listen, you're going to play. I don't care how bad you are. You're going to yeah, play 40 minutes. Play. Right. So that was intriguing, you know, playing in the Big 12. They had yeah. some great uh, guards there as well, too. So I knew I was going to fit in with them. I knew I knew them from uh, back east as well. So okay. both of them went to prep in Massachusetts. Um, but it was a, you know, I called Colorado after that visit. Like, yeah, I mean, I'm sorry. You know, I think I'm going to go to. Damn. He was like, is Kool-Aid aware of this right now? <laughs> hey, Kool-Aid. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm like, nah, through the walls. <laughs> like, nah, nah, I'm playing. I'm playing. I'm going to come here, but I'm going to take three more visits. But he was like, okay, okay. Like, but I ended up, I got tired of the recruiting process, man. It yeah. was just, I, I don't know. I, I regret not going on those visits to this day, but. You know, at that time, there's just a lot of pressure, man. Like, they sit you in a room with six coaches, and it's just you, and they just like, yeah. grilling so you, So what huh? are you going to do? Right. <laughs> well, you're in the be. paper. I'm like, I ain't going to sign before I got here. Like, man, they're trying to close the deal. But, yeah, it was, it was fun, though, man. I, I enjoyed my time at Colorado. It was turmoil. 
Oh, really? During that time, man, it was it was a soap opera. Going into going into Colorado? Not going in, but while during, there. While, during I there. There. Okay. while I was there, definitely yeah, got turmoil. Yeah, definitely. Boulder is interesting. It's an interesting city for sure. For sure. Yeah. So, was, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. Well, no, he's no. he's from Colorado, so he definitely shares a you know he spent some time there as well. Yeah, yeah. No, nah, Boulder Boulder was good. It was uh it was going through a lot of transition at the time, especially with the football program because of the yeah. coaching situation. Okay. The basketball program was underfunded, and it was you know Ricardo was trying to get a new contract, and it was just like it was a okay. soap opera. And a new AD came in, didn't oh. like. So it was a it was a strange dynamic. Just going that on. tension, you could feel the oh, underlying shit, right? And then like my sophomore year, when I was uh I was really high in the draft boards. Okay. Yeah. And it was Coach Patton's, you know, year that he was going to get a contract. Uh. So he was just started killing me all of a sudden, like <laughs> like yo, what happened? Like you know, I was Big Twelve all freshman. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm coming out doing some things yeah. here. And he was like, even before the game, sometimes he would be like. Uh, Roby's not prepared for the game. All he's thinking about <laughs> is the NBA. He went to, he's meeting up with agents to go to the game. I'm like, damn, coach. Should we talk about the scouting report? We about to have a game right now. Like, we started doing all of that, man. It got real hectic. Uh, so I okay. knew I was out at that damn. point. I probably should have stayed out, but he came on back, man. I saw that. And I wasn't all the way in because at the end of the season, our team fell apart. You know, yeah. so and it's the end of your sophomore, sophomore year. Yep. So we fell apart. You know, we were top 25 for a while, and at the end of the season when that was going on, the head coach and assistant coach started, you know, having turmoil. And then, like, players, we had, like, nine seniors that, you know, all wanted to go, go pro, pro. You know what I mean? So it was just, like, Chris ended up being Copeland. a mess. So at the end of the season, I was just like, man, I'm out. I'm into the draft. You know, and my draft range was between, like, 25 and 35. That's kind of, like, the, the range they gave me. But I definitely mm-hmm. wanted to go first round. Yeah. So I was going to leave early. I definitely wanted to go first round. But then that even got messy into the summer. I mean, we can go into that if you want to. But yeah, that's, that's what we're here it. for. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. So that summer, you know, um, I didn't want to sign with an agent. Okay. So what they do, they call you and they call them an advisor. Advisor. <laughs> so I was, you know, I was getting courted by different people flying, and, and like my mom, she was just like, you know, trying to get me to sign with certain agents. Kool Aid wanted me to sign. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't want to Uh-oh. disappoint neither one of them. <laughs> you can't mess with Kool Aid. Yeah. yeah. So I ended up going with my own guy, which is worse than both of them. <laughs> so it was, man, cause a dude named Dan Fagan. Oh shit. He was a big time agent. Yeah. He was my brother's agent. Okay. So we went to Beverly Hills. He see like this and sat me down. We in eating. Dinner with Master P. I'm like, man, you know, I can't go wrong. Right. <laughs> but I didn't know he was trying to get out of the game at that time. So we had another guy named Mitchell Butler. He was grooming. He was grooming. So I was his, like, Pass off, right. Yeah. Right. So, so basically, you know, me and Mitch is cool now. But at the time, he probably should have told me, you know what I mean? What the deal it, was. Yeah, what the deal was. He was, like, training me. He was my – I didn't know who he, he was. was. <laughs> I'm like, like who, what are you doing for me? So <laughs> barber, you know, so, financial. Yeah, I'm like, so what is like, what's the, what's, what am I going on? Am I going to the pre-draft camp? He's like, I don't know. Oh. Like, like, I don't know. He had me working out for teams that really wasn't in my draft range. Right. So I kind of got uncomfortable with the process, and I kind of like was leaning towards going back. You know, I but I think I'm pretty positive the Knicks would have drafted me with one of their early picks. I had some guaranteed picks with. Houston and okay. Minnesota in the second round. They said they would have took me. Uh-huh. But I didn't want to go second, second round. round. And then Ricardo and he, Patton came back. Uh, for your junior season? No, nah, he came. He flew to California to meet me and my mom. He's like, uh, yeah, you know. And Rich, was talk, oh, he started talking about Rico, Rico Suave. Oh, man, he started doing, you know. Hey, pop your college We going to legal seafood. He's like, yeah, Rich, you know, like, I don't like how things ended. You know, uh, he started yeah. sweet-talking me again, like. 
You know, we have nine freshmen. He's like the best freshman class I ever recruited. You know, you're going to be the leader of this team. My whole thing is that when you get here, my thing is to make you a guaranteed first-round pick. That's uh, it. You said, like, that's my, that's my, you know, that's what I'm telling you right yeah. now. That's my whole uh, I'm, like, okay. I'm like, man, I could come back. I know I can kill. I already killed before, so right. I solidify myself. So when I ended got up. Ahead. Yeah, yeah. Got, ended up, um, you know, withdrawing from the draft, going back to school. So I got there. I'm playing with these dudes now. Yeah. Damn. And, like, four of those dudes should have never got a scholarship to play basketball. I know. <laughs> we had two 6'11 people that couldn't even dunk. We had one guard that couldn't hit the – like, every third shot was an air ball. Oh. He was a bad player. So I'm like, man, what I do? And he then, sold you all the dreams. <laughs> oh, my God. Then when we got there, before the first actual practice, he sat down the whole team and told us, he's like, listen, I'm not coming back next year. Wow. No matter if they offer me a, a job next year or not, I'm not coming back. And these are nine freshmen that are oh, brand new. Like, yeah. damn, like I came to play for you, and it's just like. He hit him with the last dance. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> he did. So, like, the, like he, was, he was playing, like, I don't know what he was doing, but he, I guess he had already, had already something set up. So it was just like a throwaway season. We ended up being terrible, winning like seven games. My, I fell off all the way to the draft board. I had to rebuild myself back yeah, up my senior, senior year. So that's when we had Jeff Bizelic come in. Oh, yeah, that is right. He did, yeah. Yeah, Jeff coached us. You know, he coached my brother with the Nuggets, Nuggets right. right before that. So we, I kind of – I was familiar with him. He, at least he brought in a system. Right. You know, we ran to Princeton, which wasn't – which is not easy to pick up in one year. You know, mm-hmm. even though we, we picked it up, we got better at it as time goes on. We got better throughout the season. So ended up having a, a better season. You know, got back on the draft board. Wasn't quite high, but I was high enough that I, I had a shot to get drafted, you know, wow. within probably between – 30 and 60 was probably my draft range. Okay. And, you know, I was playing really well at the pre-draft camp that summer. Okay. You know, I, I ran into Larry Bird in the um in the elevator. <laughs> he was like, man, Rich, you playing good, man. Continue what you're doing. I'm like, oh, cool. Okay. I'm, yeah. I'm yeah. 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 You geeked out. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, I knew. I know, man, I knew I like Larry the legend, man. So <laughs> I think that same game, and it's funny because I'm watching the Bulls' uh, last dance, and Randy Brown was my coach oh, at the pre-draft. Nice. So the third day, I'm, I'm like, I'm probably – top five in the camp in scoring at the time. So the third day, I had broke my hand. Oh. Damn. Yeah, I came off a pick and roll. You landed. Scott, now, Scott Padgett, he was with Louisville. I don't know if you remember him. Yep. He, he hedged the pick and roll, so I just put my hand down. I think my finger may have got caught in his jersey. Yeah. So right. I couldn't feel my hand. I'm telling uh, Randy Brown, I'm like, Coach, take me out. I can't feel me. He's like, no, no, you're playing good. Keep going. <laughs> Keep going, boy. I'm like, I'm dribbling the ball. I'm like, Coach, you got to take me out. So I, he took me out finally. I went to the uh, trainer. He looked at my hand. One second, like, it's broken. And Damn. the next day, my hand looked like Swole. a clump. Yeah, it was, I had like 20-something workouts set up, too, you know what I mean, at that time. So, you know, I ended up signing overseas, and that was pretty much Damn. where but, we've been at. Yeah, so leading score. So you damn learned leading score everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> all, all-time leader in that. High school. Yeah. Um, Before high school. <laughs> <laughs> right. Overseas. Intramurals. Right, Intramurals. Right, right. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> you start off intramurals. 40 love. Oh, shit. <laughs> Hey, just go for it though. Right, right. What was uh, was it like a play that ran for you? You just like to crash the boards? Did I mean, you do the uh the score just to clear out? <laughs> I mean, I wasn't really like I was just able to score in many different ways. I was I was versatile how I can score. Gotcha. You know what I mean? I can score in any type of system, you know. And that's kind of you know scoring just came easy to me. You know what I mean? I never it's not and I wasn't a type of scorer that was always just looking for a bucket every time I touched the ball. You just took it with a yeah, game to yeah. you. You know, I let the game come to me. Of course, sometimes you got takeover mode, but, <laughs> you know, a lot of coaches was, like, making wanting me to shoot more. Like, you got to be more aggressive. That was like, okay. I never, nobody ever told me, like, 
Stop. Stop. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I never had a coach be like, you're doing too much. So that was kind of like the thing, but it was just it just came easy to me. I, I went. I'm the type of guy that wants everybody to do well. So I eat, want everybody yeah. to eat. And I want everybody to be happy. Right. You know what I mean? So I, that, I didn't really have that like scoring thing where I'm just going to be a killer. Yeah. Trying to score every single time. That was that wasn't necessarily my game. So did you? Because I mean, I'm sure when you was breaking all the records, you was leading scorer all four years in college. I'm sure you heard Chauncey Billups' names once or twice because you probably was like the, oh, yeah, the first freshman since Chauncey Billups to do this because I know Chauncey Billups was everything at right. CU. So did you have any pressure with that or it was just like nah? You know Chauncey was a uh, was a was a good dude, man. I love Chauncey. He That's was, what's uh, up. He's like a mentor type of person. He's he's like that with everybody. You yeah, know what I mean he's he, he has that reputation. I remember the summer when I first got to CU, we played in the pro amp in Denver. It was like his pro amp. Okay. And he never showed up until the championship. Yeah. <laughs> so we, our teammates at the championship, he showed up. And it's his program, man. It was yeah. funny. Dude was just, like, hella strong. Like, that's the first thing. I remember I tried to cut, and he, like, grabbed me. And I was just, like, <laughs> running in place. And I didn't move. Got that man strength. I'm like, yeah, I'm like, yeah, it's a different kind of strength. But, you know, Chauncey was funny. Like, I remember one time the ref called a call on him, mm -hmm. and he didn't like it. So he took the ball and walked, like, hella slow all the way to the other side of the court and put the ball down and dared the ref to give him a tech. Because he knew he was going to fire the ref if he teched him up. <laughs> wow. So I pay like, you. All right. The ref just looked at him and was like, my hey. house. He's, like, He's right. I like, he can't give him a tech. So we just took it back out. I'm like, yeah, that's a good look. But my no, ball yeah. punk. <laughs> Now, I ended up breaking Chauncey's freshman scoring record wow. yep. freshman year, yep. but uh, Alex Burke broke my record shortly after that. You okay. know what I mean? Yep. So shout out to Alex Burke, you know, still in the league doing his thing. So you you played with Chris Copeland too. Was that freshman oh, sophomore year? Yep, freshman sophomore year. I played with Cope. You know, still cool. We played TBT this summer together. Yeah. So you know, Cope, my guy, man. Cope, my guy. He's out in LA. So I, I read an article in your, your brother's Kenyon Martin. Right. So I read an article that you guys kind of really improved your relationship while you was in college. Talk yep. to me about that. Okay, so um, I always knew I had a brother. I had a lot of brothers and sisters out there. You <laughs> yeah. know? And my dad, when we were young, he came with a picture of Kenyon in his high school uniform. He's like, man, it's your brother. He's going to mm -hmm. go to the NBA one day. Watch. And me and my other brother, Paul, was like, nah, hell no. We're going to we're the going NBA. Right, I don't know about right. this dude. <laughs> Lo and behold, he was right. But, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I met Kenyon. It's funny. I met him in L.A. during the AAU tournament. My sister ran into a guy who was working for his agency, and he's like, yeah, I know Kenyon. He's like, I'm going to invite him to the game. So I remember, I'll never forget it. So I knew he was coming to the game. So I'm like, never, I never met him before. He just got drafted number one that year. So I'm like walking to the parking lot to grab something, and I see him walking this way. <laughs> so I'm like, damn, is he even going to know who I am? Right, like, right. I'm about to start turning around. <laughs> so I just walked by, and he just gave me a, he like knew, gave me a Oh, hug. he knew? Yeah, he yeah. knew. So I guess because we kind of look alike, like, I don't know. Yeah, yeah he's yeah. like, got to be him. So, you know, and that's kind of how we kind of started the relationship. And then when he was on New Jersey, when I was at prep, I went to a couple of games when he played Boston. Okay. Oh, yep. okay, dope. But then when I was in – I was already signed to Colorado. Then I heard he came to Denver, Denver, and that's yep. kind of like, you know, we really built the relationship because he's only up the street. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that's kind of where we got a chance to build. You know, right now I'm kicking this behind the dominoes on the phone right now. <laughs> I know he's mad. I know he's mad. <laughs> so y'all real competitive? Um, we're not competitive. Like we never like play basketball against each other one time. Oh, never. But I know Kenya's competitive for sure. Like oh, I know, like no matter what that, he does, he wants to win. He's got that dog in him yeah, too. Yeah, he's a dog. He don't, and he's gonna. He's a mad loser. I know he's mad. <laughs> you know what I mean? When he loses, type of person. Like he don't. He don't take it well. Right. You know what I mean, so he hates to lose. But you know, that, that's why I learned a lot from him, man. He was just had a presence to him that like. It was no nonsense. Even though he was a good dude, he had like a no nonsense presence. So I always admired that about him. Right. You know okay. what I mean? When we had a relationship, so he helped me grow in that area. That's dope. So, something I wish I had more of when I was uh, playing. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Some more of that, you know, fierceness that he had. 
Because I think that would have took me to a whole well, nother level. level. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because, you know, when I'm on that court, there's nothing I can't do. So if I had that as well, it would have been super over. Yeah, that get out the way. Get Watch out the way, yeah. right. <laughs> right, 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 for sure. Yeah. Moving on. So let's kind of move forward to, to present day, but just talking about some more of your just overseas stuff and, right, right. and career and, and things you're doing. So you come out 2008. Yep. And, you know, you go through this situation where you're supposed to get drafted and you have a couple tryouts. What was, um, what was that kind of process like and what determination did you have to, you know, um, accept the steps that you were going to have to take? It was difficult, man. It was super difficult. When I got drafted, I told myself I was never working out again. <laughs> I'm like, I'm just going to play and get paid. Like, I don't care about working out. Like, mm -hmm. I didn't make it to the league. Like, uh -huh. I didn't care anymore. But then I learned, like, you know, dudes overseas are good, too. Yes. You know what I mean? So I went over there with, like, a not a great attitude in the beginning. Chip on the shoulder type. Yeah, like, like and um, I had a great contract first year. So okay. I remember in summer league, dude named Eric Hicks. <laughs> He was on Cincinnati. He was like, Rich, you're not going to the NBA, bro. You got to go. Like, get used to going overseas. You're going to make good money. He he, he brought to he me real. real. <laughs> so I didn't want to accept it. Then I finally did accept it. Um, So I signed overseas. When I first got, my first two years, I played in Israel. Okay. okay. Which is a great country to play. But, you know, coming from college, you and you get used to a certain type of lifestyle. You, you get used atmosphere to the atmosphere, too, everything mm -hmm. kind of being brought to you. So when you get over there, it's totally different. Yeah. You, your locker room probably going to look something like this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, when you get used to having big-time locker rooms, so that was like a big shock to me. And I, I remember when I first got there, I called my agent, like, you know, give me my flight home. Cool. Where Kool-Aid at, Where Kool-Aid? Like, listen, Kool-Aid. Kool-Aid where I'm living like this? Right. <laughs> Kool-Aid would not be happy. Right, right. Kool-Aid is definitely a third-person kind right. of guy, right? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, but, you know, that's, that first year was tough, so it was an adjustment. You know, the second year, um, I really wanted to try to get back. So I played summer league. Didn't really get a great opportunity. Didn't get a lot of playing time. Who did you back. play with this that year? Was that year, I played with uh, Oklahoma City. Oh, okay. This OKC year OKC, you played. Yeah. OKC was supposed to draft me. They called me. Originally. Yeah, my okay. senior year when I was hurt, they was going to draft me. They called me. They had like okay. four second-round picks. Okay. So my agent called me. He's like, they're going to take you with one of your second-round picks. They're going to ship you overseas, though. But they want to have your rights, rights. to be the able rights, to which right. is like okay. So, I mean, it would have been cool to get drafted, but at the end of the day, I probably would have went overseas anyway. Ended up trading it, so that was whatever. Mm -hmm. So I played my first year in Israel. We had a decent season. They wanted to wanted to bring me back, but I kind of wanted to see what else was out there. Ended up coming back to Israel that next year, and that's kind of how you know I did my royal tour. <laughs> so you up? No, you you in Japan now? I was yeah. born in Japan. What part? Tokyo. Okay. So, Konnichiwa. <laughs> I don't know anything. <laughs> <laughs> Konnichiwa. So bitches. tell me about Japan, man. For 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 the people, tell me about Japan. Japan's like my second home. You know, I was there five years. My family, like my daughters, were there a lot oh, of really? the time. Yeah, they were there with me like three to probably four to five years. They were there with me, so they know Japan almost as more as well as they know, they know the, the states. states. Yeah, really. So. Yeah, my young, especially my middle daughter Zara, like they loved her out there. Like, okay, she used to be signing autographs. <laughs> I mean, like everywhere we went, she was like stopping the show because I never seen anybody look like her. She's like light, super light, blonde hair, curly. Mm. Like, so they were like, you were at Disneyland sometimes. Like, oh, can I take a picture with your daughter? <laughs> like, so, but shit. Japan, I love Japan. Just don't touch her hair. Yeah, damn yeah, it. yeah, right, right. <laughs> so Japan was like my second home. It was a, it was a great situation. You know, it kind of like so is the ball and everything like different there and more of excitement like just different experience in israel um uh, for sure because they're they, they depend a lot more on the americans there you okay. know when, in israel oh. sometimes the guys overseas in europe and to other places they want to kind of compete with you right they're like it's you know i want to show you i can do this too God but over you. there they know you're the guy and they know they're supposed <laughs> to give you the ball they know you're supposed to do everything 
So they're not going to fight with you. So okay. That, and I like that. You know, in my first couple of years, it was good because we had like four Americans on the team and three could play. And we were all unselfish guys and we all played together. You know, Ruben Boinkin, he's from L.A. He played, mm-hmm. he was on the team, another dude named Chase. Um, he went to Wake Forest, another dude named Deshaun Stevens. He went to San Diego State. We were on the same team. You know, it was fun. We just had, It just brought the love back for me. Of the, the game. game. Yeah. That's so, dope. So I got a chance to really be myself. The coach let me be myself, and I was really able to excel out there. Okay. What's the biggest difference kind of, I don't know, international play versus kind of here in, in, in the States? I think about it, it depends on where you're at. When you're in Europe, they want everybody to average like 10 points. If you average 20 points, they don't like that at all. Mm. Okay. They don't want anybody's going out there getting a whole bunch of buckets. They want okay. it to be like a Super real team ball. Right? Team <laughs> ball. Like it's, if you're a wing, it's just boring. I, I hate it playing in Europe. <laughs> I ain't gonna lie to you. I, I, I hate it. If unless you're like a point guard or like a center, yeah, it's really hard as from the wing position to really have fun because a lot of times it's just at least when I earlier maybe the game has changed Same. over there okay. since I since I played in Europe. They're real but, slow over there too. Yeah, right? yeah, for sure. Everything's slowed down. Real methodical. Coach wants you to do exactly what you tell him to do. Mm-hmm. They're making you do two a day practices mm-hmm. a day. Uh-huh. Going none, of the, the none of that in Japan. I love. So I, I, I couldn't go nowhere else. I got how, spoiled. How about Mexico? How was that? Um, Mexicali. Did yeah, you, like, I played in Mex- Mexicali. Was the, the the games in South America and, uh-huh. and Latin America in general was just popping. Like it's <laughs> like a park, man. It's oh like, really? It's fierce, man. It's a yeah. war. It's a war zone. Like you don't know if you're gonna make it out. Sometimes that's what uh Sam fam, said. Fam, yeah, <laughs> man. Yeah. Especially when I was in Venezuela. Oh my God, like. <laughs> That was a whole nother experience, man. I'm talking about. So we couldn't even go to practice, it was, especially the second time I went. Okay. We couldn't even go to practice sometimes because they're protesting. Like they shut down the streets. If you try to drive by that street, they throwing rocks, everything, bricks, until they're ready to Damn. let people go through. <laughs> until so, they're ready, y'all can't go nowhere. <laughs> but the good thing about Venezuela was this: like, you can live off of twenty dollars for like a month. Like you what? change over three hundred dollars. They'll give you a duff. You feel like Mayweather over there, man. They give you a duff. Like, but everything's like everything's expensive. You go to Burger King, it's like forty five thousand dollars for a Whopper. So you got to see out their account forty five thousand dollars out there. I'm like, man, that's dude. crazy. See balling out there. Man, oh my God, it was love. I'm talking about me steaks. I'm buying everybody. Hey, hey, I got this. Right, hey, it's hey, on what me. You need? Right, this on me. Chicken, eight cents. <laughs> yeah, come on. Run that. I got yeah, that. Come on through, man. Yeah, but it was cool, that. though, because there's a lot of poverty there. So sometimes you'll see, like, a lot of children out there, like, helping people park just to get it. So I'll go out there, buy them a food uh-huh. and do a whole bunch of okay. stuff. So I was real, you know, um, giving out there. <laughs> no. So that was it was it was fun. I like Venezuela is a great country. You know, they're, okay. even though they're going through a lot right now, mm-hmm. the people there are super nice, man. And one day I think they're going to be, you know, where they're, where they're supposed to be as a people. You know what I mean? So I, I love Venezuela. That's one of the. Funnest places I got a chance to play. Okay. So where's the worst? The worst experience I had was in Greece. Really? Yeah, Greece, because the economy, that's when the economy is really bad out there. So when mm. we got there, I already kind of knew horror stories. Mm-hmm. So when we got out there, you know, there was always, everything was tomorrow. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, Thursday, Friday, you get paid. Maybe right. Thursday. Yep. I, they gave me two days. I knew I wasn't getting paid. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Friday, Saturday. Oh, no, nah, we ain't getting nah, paid. No, we ain't getting this money. So it got to the point where the actual coach was paying me out of his pocket. But I, I was playing so well out there. Like, I was killing. Like, I was going to go high Euro League if I would have stayed. Okay. For sure. But the money started. I got hurt. The money started running out. And the coach, the players started kind of getting mad at me because I was. they found out the coach was kind of paying me a little bit. <laughs> like, under the table. And they were trying to force me to play hurt. And then they, like, came one day. We had, like, cars and stuff. And they came and repossessed the cars before practice. 
And I had to like walk Damn. to rehab. There was nobody. The, the, the landlord was coming like, listen, we got to kick y'all out. They ain't paid us in months. Then like the, the garbage people went on strike, so garbage was piling, piling in the up. streets. Oh. So it was a, it was a, a lot. mess. It was a mess. So I, I sent my wife and my children home first. <laughs> and then I just in the middle of the night I bought a ticket and just I didn't tell them I just left. Just left? Yeah, they were trying to hold my rights for a little while too. I'm like, how you gonna hold my rights? Knowing y'all owe me money. money. Right. Yeah. All this y'all really wanna see my family do bad because y'all don't know what y'all doing, but they ended up letting it go and I ended up, I ended up finishing that season in Greece. I mean in uh, France that year, which mm. was cool. Okay. That's dope. So you always had your family over there while you were playing? Um, sometimes, you know, my... Uh, when it made sense and it was safe. When it was safe, you know. When it was safe, I knew how it was going to look. You okay. know what I mean? So that it, they got a chance. My daughter's been so many countries, they don't even remember. <laughs> I got to show them their passports when they get older. That's dope. And that's a great experience, though. Yeah. Because, I mean, there's so many things that they're going to learn that they don't understand that they picked up. Right. But just coming from a, like, you know, a lot of us growing up, there's some things that I didn't do until I was, right. you know, an adult. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> you know? Um, couple quick questions. One, how did you get to Las Vegas, and when did you get to Las Vegas? Um, so when I was uh, in the D League, or now G League, mm -hmm. you know, uh, we were just looking for a spot, and I didn't want to uh, be in California okay. because just for prices, you know, in the D League, don't make no money. So I had to mm -hmm. like make sure I do something and economical. Wife, right? Yeah, <laughs> my wife had a friend who got a big, nice house, and she was letting us rent it for. Dirt cheap. Like, oh, shit, okay. I'm talking about, man, that house, man. If I, could, I wish I was there right now. <laughs> but, you know, so that's kind of how we ended up here. I, I, was, I was familiar with Vegas, you know, gotcha. to this what right year? up the street. That was like what year? 2012 or 13. Okay. So, know? yeah, and plus you've been to Summer League a couple years, too. Right. Like, so you know, you're kind of familiar with it? Yeah, it's three hours away. You know what I'm saying? It's like it's pretty much almost California. So if I wanted to go home, I can go home. And I'm far enough away where I don't have to deal with traffic and all that other stuff that goes along with living in California. Gotcha. And then it's funny because your sister always knew you. I saw that picture that she had that Vegas that you put on right, there. Right, 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 right. <laughs> That's I, I, dope, man. Yeah, she already knew. She, she already, already knew. knew. Put, put the destiny out there. For sure. All right. So kind of, not controversial, just want to get your thoughts on it. As well, we did a show on this talking about bubble cities, right? Have you heard that in the news, the NFL? So, I mean, uh, the NBA, I did that all during the show too. Mm -hmm. Anyway, the NBA talking about coming back and playing uh, the finish in the season. Mm -hmm. And then for them to do that, they want to have these bubble cities. All right. And Vegas is one of the bubble cities. It's the, probably the top tier of the bubble cities. But right. um, um, Orlando is another one that mm -hmm. wants to do the bubble city. And basically, they would bring the whole league into one area mm -hmm. that has enough hotels, enough courts, mm -hmm. and enough kind of infrastructure right. for them to finish the season. Right. Would you play if you were an NBA -er? And what's your thoughts about that? Well, it's, I mean, it's, 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 yeah, I think I would, man. Like, just because, have you heard about the NBA players maybe having to give up their checks because yeah. of what's going on right now? Yes. Because for financial reasons, that could be, um, you know, that may be a reason why, you know, it depends on having fans, but I think they'll, they'll play, you know what I mean? I, I don't think this is going to go away. Oh, really? I don't think this is going to, this is something we have to adjust to. Oh, yeah. You know, it was funny because I met a dude, like, before it even really got big, mm -hmm. this, um, he was like, man, he said 40% of the world is going to get this virus at some point. I was like, for real? And now, you know what it, it looks like? It. I mean, we probably could have already had, even had, 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 yeah, had it. And now I know, we just don't know. Just the, the nature of the disease is just like that. But, you know, hopefully they come up with different, you know, vaccines and something that's safe mm -hmm. that we can actually trust that's going to make us, you know what I mean? But I think the number one thing is just making sure we're healthy, man. You know, strengthening our immune system. That's the best way to be able to fight off any diseases you know, preventive measures before it even, you know, so your body has, 
your body's made to be able to withstand everything. So it's like we got to make sure we we strengthen our body with what it needs to be able to withstand. And I think we do that, you know. But I think they're gonna finish out the season. It would just be. It's going to be weird. It's definitely yeah. going to be different. It's going to feel like a, a big AU tournament. That's, that's what it's going to look like. <laughs> he called that's what it, I thought it, he called it. That's exactly what he called it. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, that would be crazy, though, just have a bracket and they just play. And they just play. Yeah. It's going to be interesting. Right. Another right. another topic that we kind of talk about a lot is NCAA. Mm-hmm. Obviously using the NCAA. And as as a guy that was leading your and, team in scoring. And the G League. Mm-hmm. And the G League. Well, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, the, the first two years, was there ever – Obviously, there was a thought to come out, but what is the what do you think about the process of guys going overseas now and playing the possibility of the G League, possibly a college? How do you feel about that? I'm, I'm super conflicted about it because I understand okay. why people um, feel the way they feel about college basketball and how it's just a, a billion dollar industry and the players really don't get what they deserve. They're really the ones that are kind of building the infrastructure of the school, you know. Right. They do. We do. You do get an education, but a lot of times we don't even know what to do with the education anyway. And <laughs> right. we really can't even like I really can't even tell you anything I learned in college. Mm-hmm. It's just like you don't have any time to really even think like that. You okay. know what I mean? And or apply it, right? Apply it. You know, it's especially you know you have literally no social life. It's just like <laughs> basketball, and you like go to try to stay awake in class, and yeah. pass through the class. I mean, right. some people can do it, like and, and thrive in it, but it's a it's a super challenge. But you know, you can't. You can't – the college experience is something to be felt, you know. Play, you're not going to feel that when you're playing in those arenas and, you know, going against that crowd and, you know what I mean? It's something – you don't want to miss that. Yeah. And overseas, is like you're not going to get that. It's going to be a grind. You're playing against people that are – especially if you're young, you're playing against grown men. This is how they feed their family. Right. They understand how it works. They're already adjusted to it. You, right. It's a hard adjustment. Right. You know what I mean? So – it's definitely conflicted, but, you know, the G League, you know, is, is up and coming. You know what I mean? They're paying right. guys a lot better now than when I was there. They're really trying to make it a thing. But you're going to be playing in front of 1,000, 2,000 people most of the time. Yeah, you're not going to go to K- KU. You don't have a- Yeah, they're not going to rock chalk Jayhawk at all. Yeah. So you, <laughs> that's an experience that you, you know, you're For here. Sure, you're here on life to have those type of experiences. And then you can't, you know what I mean, you can't really put a price tag on that. Right. But you, I mean, I guess you can. Yes, you can. You can. But <laughs> They're putting them on it. Yeah, yeah, right, right. But I think the colleges are, are trying to adjust quickly. Very quickly. Because <laughs> they know they see what's happening. <laughs> they was like, hey, can, can we get we Kool-Aid can, on yeah, the phone? Yeah, <laughs> you know, my we need nephew, to figure this out. My nephew did that. Oh, really? Where, where's he, he going? Where'd he, where he go? Kenya Martin Jr. Oh, yeah, yeah. So oh. he went to prep. He yep. went to prep yep. with yes. the IMG Academy. Yes. Now he just entered the draft, draft this year. Yeah, yeah. So he was like, you know, he's. He was either going to go overseas or, or do a prep year, and now he's in the draft. And if he doesn't go to the draft, maybe go overseas and come back or go G League. Right. Like, he just said, like, my dream wasn't to play in college. My dream was to play in the NBA. So, I mean, it is a, a conversation right. yeah. to be had for sure, and the college is going to have to adjust and kind of do righteous – I mean, do right by the players. Like, right. There's no way – you know what I'm saying? They should. They can do something. At least let the players make money off of their own name and go sure. out there and, and sign autographs and make money. I know there's a lot of 23 jerseys people was wearing back in the day. Yeah, bro. I need to get compensated for that, man. <laughs> like, come on, y'all know so, what y'all did. So you need them retros, right? Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I think they, uh, they're they waiting for me to graduate. So before they get my money back. <laughs> I got a couple classes to take. Yeah, There you go. Go back and get that, right? <laughs> right. It's, it's going to happen one day. There you <laughs> go. So – you played in the what was it? It's the TBT league. I forget what the yeah, acronym yeah, was. yeah, summer the summer tournament. Yeah, how was that? Yeah, man, it's fun. Man. Okay, it's just good to get 
everybody back on the same page. It's like mm-hmm. you can't really like. Is it because of who you play with that's fun? Like, because you right. went back with the Colorado team, yeah, right? Exactly. Okay. That's that's the main reason why it's fun. All right. Of course, you get out, you get a chance to compete in the states. Your family and friends get the chance to watch you again. They made now I got a chance to watch you since overseas, and you get a chance to play against a lot of the guys who are overseas. It's just it's a great thing that they're doing, you that's know, and, and it's been growing. And and I like the rule, the Elam ending rules that they have. Yeah. So that's going to be something that's going to be, you know, interesting. They did it in the, in the in All Star game. game this yeah. year, so. That thing is crazy, man. It happened, like, I remember the first game last year with the Elam ending, like, we told our, the game before we watched it happen to a team where they just were, they, they needed three points to win. That's all they were doing. doing and yeah. they, like, the, and team, the team came, came back. back. Yeah. I don't know if they end up winning or losing, but they came all the way back. And we told ourselves, we're not going to do that. And guess what we did? <laughs> did same the same thing. exact thing. Same thing. Was, like, 15. We needed, like, two points to win, and they came all the way back. We throwing up. It was just ugly. We ended up winning. And the next game, we did it to the other team. We uh-huh. yeah, we should have won that game, but that team that beat us ended up going to the championship. But it it was a good experience. And my the third year, we went to the championship. Yeah, y'all was number. You went to the championship. I was hurt. I got hurt. Oh, that summer. Okay. I got hurt. I played in the first two games. Okay. Then I got hurt. I was playing in the. Uh, they had like a camp to go to Korea for overseas. You had to go to the camp to get drafted. So I went there. And big seven foot dudes fell on my knee and I tore my meniscus. Not my, yeah, my Damn. MCL. So. Ended up, but you ended up going to the championship. I was there watching, waiting to collect my check if we won. <laughs> right. But the, it was that was one of the most hurtful experiences I ever felt in the locker room. Oh, because he was so close. We were up 20 in the first oh. half. Oh, that's two mil. Two mil. You, they write you a check right in the back. So I'm already like, man, me and my wife was already talking about it. We're going to put yeah. a down payment on a condo in Miami. This, uh... You know, this is going to be our summer spot. We're going to get out of Vegas in the summertime to get on the beach. We was already talking about it. So <laughs> and I was already envisioning. I'm like, man, this is really happening right now. <laughs> I see it. It's so close. But then Marcus Hall at the time, our point guard, he was really like the only real, not the only threat, but he's the one. He was killing the whole tournament. Yeah. So we got in foul trouble. That's when they made their comeback. But we still was winning in like this ref. You know, I know he, he he messed up the whole game for us. Like he <laughs> made, he blew a call that blew that lost us the whole two million. Like if you see him, it's problems on oh, yeah. site. <laughs> Marcus Hall got it. No, Dominique Coleman got a steal, passed it up to Marcus Hall, had a layup. The ball hit the backboard first, and the dude blocked right. it. Not goaltending. Goaltending, goaltending. It's game over. It's yeah. free right. throws, and we went in yeah, the free throw contest. Didn't call it. They came back and hit a three. Now it's like tied up, and now it's like. You know what I mean? I was a barn biter to the end. They had way more offensive weapons than us. They had a great team. They had like five. They got four or five dudes that can get 50. Like Damn. known for getting buckets. <laughs> so we were like underachieving. I know if I would have played in that game, I know for sure we would have won. won. We would have won. Like he, he, needed a little, he needed somebody else out there with him just to. Just another spark, yeah, right? Just, if I would have got there and another got 12, threat. it's over. Like, I can, get, I can do that right now. Yeah, we, we, we know you, Mr. Get Buckets. We know you can get right. 12. I can do that easily. We know you got 12 in your bag, brother. Right, we right. know that. For sure. 12 is over. Win the game. Two million. Two million. Done. That messed bag. up my whole next year, though. Like, you still thinking about million. that money, right? When I went back to play over, like when I went back to Japan, and like, I was still messed up. Like I was, for real, like I was like still hurt from that, man. Yeah. You like, damn near counting that shit. Yeah, because like I went to the championship so many times overseas, and I never won. Oh, okay. so that was like uh, that was like, what it's, is it about me that I'm not, that, yeah, that yeah. shit just kind of? Because uh. I, I lost two years in a row. My first two years in the Japan, we went to the championship and lost. Okay, you know, I missed a game winner the second year. Then we did that. Then my in the D League, we went to the championship and lost. Dang, okay. Then like I, I think it was one more in the, uh, in Mexico and Venezuela, we went to the championship and lost. 
These silver medals, man. I'm sorry, <laughs> right. I'm sorry. You, need to get, you need to get to the chip. I'm the person you're, you need right. to get on your team. And last year, but, we, but, last hey, year but we when finally, we get there, you need to tap me out, though, coach. Right, right. <laughs> we won it last year, though. That was my first chip. Okay. okay. We That's won it dope. last year, so that was That's like, that. you know, a little monkey off my back. But so actually, now, we won. We won in Mexico too, but I got there in the playoffs. So you don't really fully attribute that one? Yeah, you know, I was I helped, but I wasn't like, you know, I was there. <laughs> you know what I mean? I was a, Participation yeah, award. You know what I mean? So it, it's kind of like I won. So I won one and a half. There it is. You, you're in the Hall of Fame at uh, Lawrence Academy, right? Yep. Uh, they inducted me at, at our 15-year reunion. So, oh, wow. Yep. Did you know it? Like, is they, that why you came? Or was that something that they that you knew they were going to do? No, nah, I, I mean, I knew earlier in the year the uh, AD – Send me an email like, listen, Rich, we're going to duck you to the Hall of Fame, so make sure you're here for the 15-year reunion. So That's I'm like, cool. cool. So I was already going to go anyway. Right. Like, I just like to go see the people, network, talk, you know what I mean, see all the teachers that are still there yep. and see how everybody's doing. You know, I had great memories there. So, you know, it was fun. You know, I got a chance to see our coach. He's like, yeah, Rich, you ever want to coach, man? You have the job. <laughs> he's like the AD now, so he's over there trying to court me to be the coach over there now. I'm like, how, are, how are they? Because, like, I looked at some records, and they – I don't know if they're getting the, the caliber of talent. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what happened was they got too good. Oh. They got too good. You know, there's different levels at prep school. There's a class A, yeah. class B, and class C. Class A is like all post-grads. Okay. Top that's, tier. That's where you got – you... No, we were class C. You class C, okay. So class C is supposed to be like normal, like there's no yeah. post-grads. It's normal kind, but we were like bringing people in, beating everybody by 50 like we are a class B or class A hey, school. Yeah. Also, they forced y'all to go up? Now, they didn't force us oh, to go oh, up, but we were beating everybody. So what happened was uh, even the football, football was recruiting well, and they uh, ended yeah. up, like, beating teams. Like, nobody could even score. So some, one football team didn't even show up for the game. <laughs> and that caused, like, a big – it was, like, a big mayhem. Hold on, like, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> Y'all scared people from not even showing up, Not boy. even showing up. And hey, we'll just send our score in. Right. Yeah. Like, Ten so, points. We're not so they had that. to die down a little bit on the recruiting. You know what okay. I mean? So they had to, like, you know – Go under wraps for a little while. Yeah. So they the, tanked for real, like on yeah, purpose. For sure, for sure. So ah. they, you know, the whole the whole prep scheme kind of changed a little bit. So my brother's Notre Dame prep is where he was at. <laughs> uh oh, that's where he was at. Mike, Be Mike Beasley a, a prep school, <laughs> but the school was the house. Thirty five people. Yeah. <laughs> the prep no. house. No, it is. It's <laughs> like ten people in that mother. Yeah, there's no school. They just play basketball yeah. and they, they, they give you you know what I mean? But that's kinda like how prep school got a bad rap because yeah. like they're not going to school. There's, yeah. there's 23 year olds. I mean, all kind of stuff going on there. But. Yeah, I looked at the video because now they have it electronically. You don't have to watch VHS or DVD. However, they <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah. But it's that's experience, man. I was really. Right. I mean, they got people like snorkeling and talking about different shit going on. <laughs> and then I looked at the team, the current, the like. Uh, I looked at the picture of the um, the current basketball team, and I see two brothers on the team. <laughs> then I see one dude. In a, in a team photo with a hoodie on, like underneath his <laughs> jersey, I'm like, man, they ain't playing no ball, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. nah, nah, they ain't, they ain't, they ain't what they, we used to be. We used to be, but they, uh, nah, it was crazy, man, because like I didn't know I was really poor until I got to prep school. I knew I wasn't had a lot of money, you know what I mean? I yeah, touch I, on I, that. I, knew, I mean, we was on welfare, not that type of stuff. We had like the share rooms, but that but, was just everybody was doing it, right, so I right. didn't know. There's a difference when you got there. You know yeah, the yeah, like when I when the dudes um dorm next to me and I knew his grandfather owned the Atlanta Braves, I knew I was like, it's a different type of money they got over here than, than what we had. When I say he's got his own money, <laughs> the boy's got his own 
money. So I was like, man. So that, I got a chance to experience that. That's man. crazy. Like, it cost fifty grand a year to go there, and I got a chance to go for free. free. And the prices yeah. went up. It's sixty five now. Is it? Yes. No, not the inflation. You, brother, yeah. <laughs> your extra cost. Like, oh, this is no what one, you can do. Right? No wonder they sending me all kind of. Uh, they want you to trying to give me donations. Donations. Yeah. Donations. Donations. Like, donations. I'm gonna get y'all when I get y'all, man. It's a trash can. Yeah, I'm gonna get y'all when I get y'all. That's what you gotta tell. I thought it was a trash can. I'm gonna pay it forward one day. I promise y'all, man. But it ain't might not be today, but it's gonna be one day. Oh, shit. I'm glad that you got hit him like your uh, former teens, man. I'm gonna get you Thursday, Friday, Thursday, yeah, Friday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know about 2032, 31, one of them years, man. One of years, I'm gonna get you. For sure, for sure. That's a great experience, man. Absolutely. Um, nah, I just lost my train of thought. Where I was gonna go with it. Um, here locally, do you go to any of the Aces games? Do you support or you check that out? And since you have daughters, do you ever bring them or how's that? Um, I wanted to. I never got a chance to take them to an Aces game. It's funny. Um, Sequoia, who y'all had on the show, <laughs> she Sequoia. invited me to come practice with them. Oh, so they man. had a couple guys come practice. So I'm like, cool. I get a chance. Oh, that'd be dope. Oh, it's a bad experience, bro. Bill Lambeer. Okay, Bill yeah. Lambeer uh -oh. had me like getting my ass whooped. <laughs> The whole like, and these women are way more physical. physical. So it's like, and you can't like complain yeah. about yeah. it. No, you can't say so they posting me up, beating me up, my back hurting. I'm like, yes, yeah, Sequoia, I'm not coming back again. Right, man. they beat, they not, went and... unless they actually pay me to get beat up. I'm not getting beat up for free for sure. Not in my thirties. <laughs> so that Cam, was a uh, campaign. Yeah, no, nah, but getting the elbows. Oh or... my goodness, it was it was tough, man. It was tough. I'm like, you know, uh, thanks for the opportunity to be able to come, you know, experience that. But y'all ain't gonna see me no more. <laughs> Talk about being a girl dad, man. I, I I'm I'm a recent girl dad now. Okay. Is it all TikTok videos that I got to look forward to? But what's it like? Man, they tea parties. It's a, <laughs> it's it's a, as a dad, it's way different when you have, first have a daughter because it's like it changes your whole world how you see everything that you ever done and thought about, you know, in, in general. So it changes and it's easier because you you don't have to be tough. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean, like. I don't have to like discipline. Like my wife kind of is the one that disciplines them. You know what I mean? So I'm just a good guy. <laughs> so, you know, if things get super out of hand, then I start raising my voice a little bit. Hey, what y'all doing? <laughs> and then they kind of get together. But I love being a girl dad, you know. So, you know, being a chance to be able to see them grow. They're all so different. You know, yeah, I got four right. daughters and they're all so different. They all have their um, things that they just do so great. And they all, you know what I mean? It's just, it's just a, definitely a blessing. Nice. You know I mean, of course, I, I mean, one day. Yeah, I, you want that son? Yeah, you know, but not no time soon. I don't want to think about another a child in my house. You know, it's just like I wake up having nightmares thinking about that. You know what I mean? Wake up like, uh-uh. I don't even know how I got here. Right. So this, uh, you know what I mean? So my wife always tell me, you better not ever. Like, we're not, no, we're not, we're not getting pregnant no more. So, That's funny. You know, I tell her, like, we have a boy. We're going to have to make do some scientific stuff to make, ensure this. <laughs> Like, you have to go that do some push-ups or something with Stanley yeah, Head. Do like, something, right? I'm about to see. You have to <laughs> examine my stuff. Right. Sure. I don't even know. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. But for sure, it's definitely a blessing. But All right, man. So we want to jump into the winter circle, man. This is where we kind of talk about the platform, you know, what you're up to. And, and there was a couple things that you reached out to us and said you want to talk about, man. So um, I know there were two things, but let's just start about, you know, the financial world because I right. think that's big. Right, right. So talk about, you know, what you're doing and um, why the financial world. Absolutely. I mean, I never seen myself getting this into this industry. Okay. When I got my second time I went to Venezuela, I got hurt and I tore my labor in my shoulder. So I was going to be out a whole season. I know I was going to have surgery. I wanted to get into business. So even when I was overseas, I was like buying and selling cars online and just doing. I, th I thought about the trucking business, but I never really. I wasn't passionate about. It. I just knew that it was an opportunity to make money. Mm -hmm. So when I sat, I met a guy who was actually running the firm here. So let me let me check it out. Let me see what he has to say. 
and it was powerful information. You know, I mean, I'm like, dang, how come you? How come I didn't meet you ten years ago when I mm -hmm. first started? You know, making money. Right. And he was like, yeah, this is this is why we do what we do. We want to get to the people. And I just seen the vision right away. Like, you know, I knew there was as far as athletes, a lot of times they go into coaching, yeah, they go into training, they go into. But nobody really is going into the financial side, and that's to right. me the most important because everything that we do every day is to make money. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so people have to find out what to do with that money to sustain themselves. And it's you know, see people like uh, I think I don't know if it's Bradley Beal that said like thirty percent of the NBA lists paycheck to paycheck, and yeah, you know, you just hear the horror stories and things like that. So I'm like thirty I for thirty for the broke, right? Man, thirty yeah. for thirty. So I wanted to make a difference, you know what I mean, and and and. It just so happened the guy who brought me into the business is somebody, somebody that we clicked right away off of basketball. He walked on to UCLA. Um, Baron Davis ended his career very early there. <laughs> but, you know, so he just – I mean, we could, and we connected, and I just fell in love with the grind. You know, I, I look at it as a sport almost. You know, I get a okay. chance to compete with other people in the office. Okay. We get great leadership. You know, we we get A1 training. So it just it just fit who I was as a person because I want to do the right thing, mm -hmm. you know, and it gives me the opportunity to really sit down and make a difference. Some of the times when we sit down with people, we don't necessarily see the difference right away. Mm -hmm. But maybe 20, 30 years down the line when we sit down with that same person, you're like, yeah, you helped my children go to college. You know, you helped me get out of debt. That's dope. You know, uh, an unexpected loss. Maybe they had life insurance, and now that life insurance is able to replace somebody's income so they didn't have to have a GoFundMe or, you know, right. those type of things. So. What we do to me is extremely important, and that's why I'm super passionate about it. And, and a lot of, and most people we sit in front of don't have that financial literacy. So our company's um, model is no family left behind. You know, we feel like the entire industry has left the middle class behind, and most of the financial industry is fighting over that one to three percent of people that can invest a quarter million dollars a year. Right. And, for sure. and they neglected people like my family. Like to this day, my mother's still working. Because maybe nobody sat down with her and actually taught her how to be able to plan for retirement. Yep. Yeah. You know, different vehicles that she could have been using to be able to do that. So Making her money work for her. For sure. So yeah. that's all we're about. You know, we want to help people that want to, are willing to sacrifice and really do the things that they know they're supposed to do, given that opportunity to have that financial freedom. And that's what we're, we're all about. Yeah, man. I mean, I, I think that's huge. Uh, I, I don't want to turn this into a super race thing, but in, I don't know, in the black community sometimes. hundred percent. We just don't talk about those things. Um, I, I was on a call with my pops. We were doing a kind of a family call, and this was kind of one of the first times we actually talked about finances. So. Shout out to pops. Yeah, shout out to pops. So just, I guess, talk about that within the black community, right. about how, you know, educating each other, and, you know, For we sure. can be right by our money too. For sure. You know, it all starts with education and, you know, and awareness of everything that's out there. You know, so nobody's going to do it for us. We have to go do it for ourselves. Mm -hmm. You know, so we, uh, you know, and, and what I love about our company is I could bring somebody from our community, teach them what we do, and they can go back into the community and help serve. Okay. You know, so that's one of the things that we're, we're big on. So we need the education. When, and I think our the mind shift is changing in, in black people when it comes to money. It's good now. You know, you know we're, we're, we're starting to think about, you know, yeah. businesses. We're starting to think about coming together, pulling our resources together. Because, you know, right now, if you if you tile up how much money black people bring in, I think I forgot the exact number, but it, if we have the, we're the tenth richest nation in the world if you bring all of our money together. Yes. But the thing is, the money doesn't stay in the community longer than three to five hours. If they that did statistics. If that. Wow. So we gotta realize when you, when you hit other cultures and how much they recycle the dollar before it even goes outside of the community. For sure, I think uh, Asian communities are number one when it comes to that, and I think yeah. Jewish communities are second, and then. Latino communities, are, uh, and we're, we're definitely last. So yes. we, you know, we have what it takes. We just have to change our mindset when it comes to it and realize that, you know, they call money currency. 
And currency is something that brings energy. So we got to realize we pull our resources together, pull our energy together. We can turn D Street around. You know, that's just land just sitting there for us to be able to develop. Mm-hmm. But we have to, you know what I'm saying, have a vision for that. Yep. You know what I mean? We just can't, nobody can do it by themselves. We got to literally come together, put our little petty differences about religion, sex, gen- whatever it may be that holds us back, yeah. color, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Light skin. Light skin. <laughs> I got to slow down over there. So, you know, we've been divided. I got some backup with me today, yeah, you know what I mean? Sure. We've been divided so much that yeah. we have to see the value of us coming together. Yeah. If we do that together, you know what I'm saying, there's really no stopping us. We can do what everybody else is doing. We don't need to go beg anybody else to do what we can do. We don't have we to protest it. anybody else. That we, we got we all can. the skill set. We got all the resources. For sure. But yep. the thing about it is, you know, I think when um, magic kind of started getting out and he and he pitched this stuff like right. why he got the tgi fridays in the hood and those movie theaters mm. it's because he went and talked to people and he talked about an economic and if you look at us as a people from an economic we're the most loyal mm. and we spend money <laughs> well, yeah you know right. and that's what he kind of put out right. there and then now that's why they're thriving because he put that that resource in there and we'll go out you know yeah. we, we we like nice things and, right. we, and we'll we'll pay those for those jordans or whatever right. those things are sure. so people need to know about group economics man and that's that's uh the, the the next the next stage because other cultures see that in our community so that's they why they're able to come, come in, in and yep. take the resources out and go make develop their communities yep so we just got to be smarter in how we think you know so we we got to pull each other up by our own bootstraps we got to realize nobody's going to do it for us and if we really want to get out of this condition that we find ourselves in all not even in america all over the world, world yeah even when i was in israel and i was in greece it's the same thing so we got to change the way we view ourselves it's a mindset we got to change if we really had love for self we would do better for self so we got to find we got to fall in love with ourselves again and if we fall in love with ourselves we're going to fall in love with our brothers and sisters and we're not going to look at each other as enemies or as somebody that's trying to you know what i mean how yeah. we kind of look at each other sometimes so but i think it's shifting that's good. Okay. I think that paradigm has shifted. And you're just seeing that in kind of like the work that you're doing. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm like, you know, people always say like you can't really do, you can't build a big financial team, and, you know, being black and, and, and really serving a majority of the black community. They just said that you're not going to be able to do it. But right now, ask anybody in our office, I'm kicking all their backside. And most of the people I work with, you know, are, are in the black community. That's awesome. You know what I mean? So, of course, I want to, you know, be able to expand our business to other, you know For what sure. I mean? Because that's just diversifying no, but you know i want to serve our people i want right. to make sure we all get the fair chance and yeah you know i mean to be able to do what we got to do no this is all good stuff man so another thing you want to talk about because i do want to make sure we serve time for this is uh the camps you do right which is another way that you're serving and giving back to the community so talk about that a little bit okay so one of my um good friends and like childhood uh, rivals named kevin houston okay you know, it was always a debate at the ymca like who's better richard kevin <laughs> he ended up going to long beach state he didn't he didn't grow. He didn't grow. We were like the same height all the way till eighth grade, and, and then, then he, he, he didn't grow no more. <laughs> so you know that's my guy, Kevin. Oh, but so uh, you know, we always had a vision of coming back together because nobody really does anything in San Bernardino. It's been kind of like you. it's it's the pit. Mm-hmm. You know, nobody really wants to go back and do anything and build. So we decided, you know, let's let's give back. He already had an AAU program that he was growing there. Oh, so dope. we decided, you know, my wife she's in marketing. Okay. So she she helped us with the marketing, the camp, you know, putting the website to together she called like the um the newspaper came down and there's articles about it so you know it's still in the baby phase we're still learning as we go so you know when you when these type of things is all about action you're gonna make mistakes 
For sure. And that's what hinders a lot of people from ever starting to do anything anyway is they're always fearful of making mistakes and not mm-hmm. doing it right. But you're not going to do it right no matter how much you study. and <laughs> Right. You might as well learn as you go. So that's right. kind of what we're doing. Action. You just got to do the action, right? Action. You just got to get it. Get it. And that's what we've been doing. So we're going to continue to, you know, be able to build that. And we had a big camp set up before this. All, like, it was, <laughs> all of course, down. all this yeah. crap. Like, we already had sponsors. Uh, we had everything, you know. Uh, but, you know. So what's the just to give a little bit of breath of that? What is the camp? Is it a day camp? Is it a youth camp? Is it a, like is a certain age range right, skills right, camp? Right, right now it's like a youth thing. It's okay. like between six and thirteen. It was co-ed and you know just giving everybody an opportunity. Of course, we're gonna be able to we wanted to grow it to have our own facility where we can start training yeah. you know, the top players out there and, and and things like that to really develop the talent that's out there. But you know that was like the first phase of it. Okay, let's gotcha. get our name out there. Let's get out there. You know what I'm saying do something good and and be able to you know, start to um, people to see us in the community more, you know, because I've been gone a long time. So. <laughs> <laughs> What's good that you're giving back, man. Right. Now, um, are you, and this is one last quick question and we're going to get to the next topic, but um, are you bringing anybody back from your network to come into these camps so yep. they can just see other people? Is that how you guys are the, the, the platform, I guess? Absolutely. Um, we planned on having Antoine Wright come back, you know, mm-hmm. to come back, but so. he, he was actually coaching during that time, so he couldn't come back. So we had Chris Copeland. Uh, Cope. Cope. <laughs> Cope. Yeah, we had Cope come by. So he uh he came by, talked to the talked to him, you know, talked about his experience. I wanted Cope to come by because he didn't have the traditional route to get to the NBA. Yeah. yeah. He showed a lot of perseverance and, you know, heart to be able to get there. He's the thirty two year old rookie. Yeah. You know, did his thing. So I wanted to show, tell him about that journey. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And you know, and I want him to really hear that story. I think they took to it well. They just kept asking him like did you guard LeBron? They didn't care about none of that. <laughs> that's it. That's all. Did Melo pass you the yeah, ball? Yeah, right, right. right. <laughs> that part. <laughs> all right, man. Well, the last thing we want to talk about is the assist, man. So you being a, a baller, you know, you know a little thing about an assist, man. And this is where you just kind of give maybe like a, a mantra, uh, maybe like some way, uh, inspirational quotes, or just how you live your life. So just just give us a, a dime, man. Drop the assist uh, that you would share to the folks. Okay. So the first thing that comes off my head is, you know, the race doesn't go to the swift but the one who can endure to the end. That's a quote from the from the Quran. You know, it's Ramadan right now. I am a Muslim, so yeah. we read the whole entire Quran during the whole month of Ramadan. And it kind of goes with Nipsey, you know, the, a mar- it's a marathon. So people, marathon. you know, don't give up. You know what I mean? It's all about the journey. Don't And, all, and don't lose the jewels through the journey because that's where you gain all of the things that are going to be able to strengthen you to help somebody else. Because if you don't go through that, you're not going to be able to guide anybody else that's going through that same thing that you're going through. So don't. Yeah. You know, don't miss the don't miss that on the jewels throughout the journey, and, and you know, what I mean? and know it's a marathon. Know it's going to take time to be able to develop, and this is not something. No matter what you do, of substance doesn't happen overnight. Yeah. Nobody was your parents had sex and you was born that same night. <laughs> right. It took a process. It's a process. Time. It's a yeah. development. You have to. You know, yeah. you can't you can't speed that up. Yeah. You know right. what I mean? So it's a marathon. I like it, man. That's good stuff, man. Well, hey, man, we want to thank you for having me on appreciate the show, you, man. I appreciate you That's guys for doing this and having this platform. And I pray that you guys continue to build this and this becomes, you know, bigger than all the other ones that are out there because what y'all doing is, you know, it's big time, especially for the city. Oh, man, appreciate right on, it, man. man. appreciate that. Hey, well, thank you to people for listening, man. We hope you enjoyed the show. Uh, like I said, we do have a lot of content on our social platform, so check that out. Uh, you know, we did post a lot in April, which was Financial Literacy Month. So now we got a plug that we can tap in to get more content for that financial literacy. And, um, you know, this month is mental health. So definitely just uh, stay on top of your mental health and that self-care. So check us out. We're Black in Sports on all your social platforms. And we're Black in Sports podcast on your favorite uh, podcast uh, <laughs> platforms. Uh, so just know, man, please continue to check us out. Give us feedback. Let us know who you want to see on the show. 
and know that we're rooting for you. Screaming, all us blacks got a sports and entertainment until we even. Assuming I'm rooting for everybody that's black. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Assuming I'm rooting for everybody that's black. Yeah. 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 Assuming I'm rooting for everybody that's black. Spat bouts and racks on handmade new rags. Assuming I'm rooting for everybody that's black. That's everybody from sports to college class to rap.